Well, good evening. We want to welcome you to tonight's edition of Yes, You. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us on tonight. I'm glad to have my co-host Tyrone, Jana, and the state supervisor in the room with us on today. Uh, we're uh, living in some really, really interesting times. That's for sure. We never have a dull moment. And every week, there's something new on the horizon and fresh to talk about. Well, tonight... We have opted, my, my, my thoughts were with our children as uh, the government is insisting that we open back up in full swing uh, for this coming school year. And I'm going to stop right there before I even get into a whole plethora of questions and concepts. But let me just get a sound off from the crew. What do you feel about that? It's scary um, because I know here in Texas and quite a few other places throughout the United States, the cases are increasing. Um, so it really comes down to a place of are we sacrificing lives to just say we're able, I mean, we overcame something that we really haven't. Um, so it, it's really scary to see like the kids, the teachers, I mean, everyone who works in the school system be put, in a, put into a position where they have to go back to work um, because they're lives are at risk. Thank you. Thank you. Very valid. Jonna? Well, I have school-age children, so uh, I don't want to homeschool, <laughs> and I don't want them at school either. Uh, I think it's a poor decision uh, I feel I have a lot of few friends who are teachers and they are just beside themselves and I can understand why. And, you know, kids are gross anyway. <laughs> I mean, they just don't have that that. Let me keep my hands clean type mentality. They just don't. So I I cannot believe that that this is the way we're headed. I, I'm just I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked as cases are increasing. Like Tyrone said, I, 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 I'm just baffled because if we all remember in March, we had a complete close down, complete shutdown. And our numbers now that we're currently experiencing eclipse that hands down. So the whole idea that at a point in time that we actually shut down we were, I mean, we, we were just in infancy in comparison to what's going on now because these numbers here, this week, I think we had 60,000. We had three records in one week of the number of new coronavirus cases in the United States every single day. I mean, we're talking about 63,000 one day. Then it's like, can that be topped? 64,000 the next day. Can that be topped? I mean, it's just continuously climbed. So what do you interpret is the reason and the rationale behind why we need to open the schools back up? Let's start there. Why do you think it's so important to the government that we reopen? Money. Yeah, I would say it's because it, I mean, it would help the economy to free up, mm -hmm. I mean, to allow parents, I mean, people to go back to work. Um, a lot of people who, um, corporations with the way they, people don't have to come back to work, even if their, their organization has opened back up, 
one of the biggest things is, you know, my kids are being homeschooled, so I have to stay home and, you know, provide and take care of my kids. So I thought it would be something that would somewhat help the economy. But if people are dying, we still have a bad economy. Absolutely. And my question is, people are dying, but are we now throwing our children into the mix with that? Because, I mean, pretty much, Jana, I'm sure you can attest to this, since you do have school-aged children, you have sheltered at home with your kids since, when did you start? March, uh, I, I believe it was the 15th. It was the very last day of spring break. Um, so whatever the week, that Friday before March 18th, which was like a Wednesday. So it was, we've been in the house since. And I would venture to say that for, I almost want to say most people, but we have the mask. Uh, I'm mad about the mask families out there that maybe they've been out and about in the mix on the streets. But for the most part, wouldn't you say that the bulk of our school age children have been kept in or am I am I am I wrong? Am I just kind of out there in my own la 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 land? Everybody's already out and talking and chatting and I'm talking about amongst the kids. I'm trying to kind of gauge, do you all think the kids have been sheltered at home during this whole time? I know yours yours have, but are you finding that your children are not the norm in having been sheltered at home since the middle of March or uh, do you think most kids that you know have been sheltered at home? Well, up until recently, there was nowhere for them to go. Um, the parks and things are just now starting to open back up. But up until phase two or whenever that started um, last month, there was nowhere for them to go. The little pla places that kids frequent like Sky Zone and, you know, things like that, that all of that was done. So... I think they have been. I've seen a lot more kids playing outside and finding stuff to do than than I've ever seen. So wow. So money. How 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 is money impacted positively or negatively by the children going to school or not going to school? Like I said, for me, I think it's, it takes away that excuse of I can't come to work. Mm -hmm. So I mean, people have to get back in there and. I mean, because the schools are open, that, I mean, that takes away that excuse of, I have to take, I have to stay home and take care of my kids because my kids, I mean, my life somewhat has gone back to being normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, more people working impacts the, impacts the economy. So to piggyback with that, Tyrone, do you think the parents should be forced to go back to work with the highest rates that we have going on right now? Do you think that's realistic, even outside of the issue of I've got children to take care of? I, I, I don't think safe parents should be or anybody should be forced to go back to work. Um, one thing that this whole situation has taught us is that we're still able to function. Um, many of us, you know, still able to do our job within the comfort of our own home. Um, so no one should be forced to go back to work. Um, I, I do feel that, you know, it's we're not seeing any improvement in it. So we should still be in a situation where government is able to pull together resources like they do for everything else and 
provide support and assistance for people to to be saved. You know, you don't want to risk a life for, you know, just to say that we, we've overcome something that we're not. And that every day we're mm-hmm. seeing cases upon cases of people just rising. Today I was listening on the um, radio out working, and they were saying about the number of cases that have that we have here in Texas, and it hasn't been a strain on the hospitals as far as like beds or the ventilators that they need, but it's a strain on the staff. So you're having doctors and nurses and frontline staff who aren't being released for lunches and breaks and they're just working. So they're actually trying to mandate with the governor for him to make retired people who are still licensed to come back to the workforce. Oh my God. And if they're people are being overworked. And if they're retired, are they at ages that they need to be exposed to COVID? But his thing, his thing is they're licensed. So whether they know the, the modern day technology and what's going on, they're retired, but they still have a license. And with me working in health insurance, for us, I work in health insurance. And with, with the whole situation, we're starting to see an influx of practitioners just being added to clinics. They, they, they may haven't worked in years. They may not have, they have no contracts attached to them. They're just being attached to a clinic's tax ID number. So they're making, they're having people come back just because they're licensed. Now they can be sanctioned for something. They can have some other stuff going on, but they're attaching people to tax ID numbers so they're able to pay them. And then they're having people come back to work because it's just taking over. And like the hand is, they need help. Wow. I see you. I see your head and your eyes, Jonna. What's going through your mind while he's sharing that nightmare? And thank you for sharing because I wasn't aware of that. But oh my God. I, I mean, what do you think about that, Jonna? Well, you know, Dwayne works in health insurance too. And, and he's mentioned that. Um, it's, it's, that is scary to me. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's one thing, um, you know, to have people re entering the workforce of that age and have them exposed to this. But. <sighs> To, to call people just because you have a, a light, mm-mm, no, I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> not at all. That That's bothersome, very much so. And the, and the crazy thing, all last week, I added nurses to school. Mm. So they're, they're trying to prepare for this comeback to school. I've added so many new clinics and practitioners to, to school. And these are, I mean, these are people who haven't, I mean, I can look in the system and they've been deactivated for a minute, but they're adding nurses and doctors to, to school. I work in FCHC, RAC, so those are your rural health clinics, your federally funded clinics, which are going to be like your school-based clinics, your prison, things of that nature. Um, but I will say all that week, any contract I received was school-based. Wow. Wow. Sheila makes the point. I agree that the opening school is an attempt to open the economy, also an attempt to make the conditions appear normal here in the United States. And I agree with that 100 percent. We want to look like to the rest of the world. We've got this thing by uh, uh, the, the, the neck and we're killing it when we really are not. Now, Tyrone, you said in 
two different instances, as I've noted in your talking uh, and mentioned the word funding. Obviously, the government is threatening to defund the schools that don't uh, go back and comply with opening up fully, fully, fully. There was, I've watched a few videos where the dialogue and conversation has gone on about the remote and the government is insisting they want those kids in the classrooms fully, not, not a, uh, something over the internet. They want those children's bodies in the school. What do you all think about that? The defunding and the idea that the fully comprises those little children's babies have to be in the classroom at some point in time. Well, my biggest thing with that is this whole force to have kids come back to school, what big impact is that going to have on anything other than just exposing them to the potential of, you know, becoming sick or potentially losing their lives? I'm not, I don't really understand what the impact of, you know, I'm worried that, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and say, well, you were, you were taught by your mom, so I can understand why you don't have it all together. But, I mean, I don't understand the whole, the big push, push for having kids go back to school. We clearly see these cases are on the rise. I mean, I saw in the news the other day, dogs can get I mean, we're, it's, before you, I mean, anybody can get it. Well, like, what is the big push for having? I can understand, you know, wanting to, you know, reopen the economy when it should be. I understand it. It probably has a huge, you know, impact um, on us globally as a whole. But I, I, I don't have the understanding of this force of having kids go back to school. I mean, there's so many entities into. Because even I was thinking. You know, well, maybe they could do like a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they switch the kids, and you know, they separate the deaths and the social distancing. But we're talking about children, who I mean, we we see adults. I mean, I was just watching tennis, and you had adults on the beach, and once liquor getting to them, everybody's hiding. You know, kids don't have that concept of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you're you putting not only are you putting a teacher in a position of in in school staff in a position of, I have to teach you to be effective, but I'm, I also have to add into that, but I also have to make sure that you're social distancing, you're washing your hands, and you're wearing your mask, and you're this, that, and the other. I mean, that's, there's, there's so many aspects of kids going back to school. What about the kids getting on the school bus? What about the kids waiting at the, the bus stop? So now we act, are we expecting the crossing guard to make sure the kids are social distancing, and this, that, and the other? And so the school bus driver had to do this, that, and the other. I mean, there's so much that goes into with kids going back to school in a in a time where there's no, as of right now, there's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Things are just getting worse. And then if you do have a kid that's in, that gets infected, so do all these kids on the school bus have to be quarantined? And then how does that infect the school? And then how does that infect the parents? I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into that. Yes. to be able to as of right now, be able to socially learn in their home. And because right now, I mean, we're, we're putting everybody's life over. Yeah. And it, to me, it's not worth it. Yes. Yes. Do you think social learning at home is enough? I, I feel there, 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 there should be some type of 
I mean, I, I feel going to school gives you that social interaction that everyone needs, especially in these times in their lives where they're starting to develop. Um, so if there's a way to develop something where kids are still able to interact with each other um, and socially learn together, I don't, I don't think them being in the same quarters right now, especially when you talk about your younger kids, you may be able to deal with a little different with like your maybe high schoolers. So they have a different understanding of what's going on with the world. But especially your younger kids, I, I, I feel social distancing and social learning it would probably be the best um, for them right now. And let me, from a very practical standpoint, Johnny, you've got uh, two younger ones. You have three total, but two younger ones. Do you really think they're going to keep their mask on all day? I can get them to keep their mask on for a store run. So no, no. I don't want to keep my mask on. I, you know, me either. Let me tell you, this heat and stuff, I, you know, I, I can. So no, I don't think they're going to. And I'm not, my kids will respond to uh, instructions. So if somebody says, put your mask back on. They're going to put the mask back on. Not everybody's children are, is going to do that. Uh -huh. And so then what now you got little bobby who's bad as hell he's running all around no mask coughing and spitting and carrying on on everybody what do you do i mean you know how they do what do you uh -huh. do with that uh-huh and it, it, it's hard to communicate with a mask on i mean i even i was trying to hear somebody yesterday and i took my mask off not that my ears <laughs> covered but i thought i could hear because i had my mask on I do that too. <laughs> I take it off and then turn my head like what? So as much as we find that humorous, you can imagine how kids are gonna react to that. Right. You know? So I, that that to me is just absolutely amazing. So it, it is my takeaway. Does the government care about our kids? I mean, something in me has to go there. I, does the government care about our kids? Does the government I, care I, about I, us? No. <laughs> I would have to say no. Mm -mm. I think the I people making the decisions probably have uh, private schools with less students per teacher and plenty of funding to you know ensure mask and and sanitizing and things of that nature public school mm -mm. There, there's no caring <laughs> not at all and the people making that their decision are parents so i mean they're so far removed from mm -hmm. what's going on right now i mean their biggest thing is we trying to show that the u.s and we fought this thing and we getting back to what it is but it's it's not happening that way. But I think in all truthfulness, even though my age group, which would be your parents' age and older, we may be at a certain age, but we're not oblivious to the fact of what's required to raise kids because many of us have done that. And so we know the challenges and struggles that your generation is facing in sending them back. So I don't think we can give them a pass on that, Tyrone. I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I say in, in, at my age and, you know, all of those little comments that I make <laughs> like that, but that's not one that's going to fly because even more so at my age for those 
uh, uh, decision makers that are making these decisions even more so we understand and we know this is insanity. Sheila said the government has not provided the means to control COVID-19 spread. In other words, testing, contact tracing, isolating positive students, etc. Until we control community spread, the schools cannot be safe. And I don't care how much you try to disinfect them. And I've got a friend that that's what she does. And uh, they've gotten them extra strength, extra strength. And she's running around with the mask to protect herself from the extra strength because it's so strong. So I'm like, okay, you got COVID on one hand and then I'm going to get fumes going to take me out on the other one way or another. You're putting me in a toxic building and want me mm -hmm. to function so that we can bring the kids into a toxic building. And, 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 and so it's just like, oh my God, this is just uh, like the, this is a song that never ends. It just goes on and on. It's one of those. It just doesn't stop. Any way you look at it, it just keeps rolling along. And so I, I, I feel for the parents. So from a parent's perspective, and, and Tyrone, I know you don't have any children currently, but if you were identifying, I'm sure you can relate too. But Jonna, how would you uh, tell me, and it's not even how would you, what are you feeling in the midst of all of this? Honestly, what are you feeling? You are a parent. You have this decision to make. You have children that are at stake to a government that is showing that they do not care. What does that make you feel like? Uh, my initial reaction, our school district released their plans last week. And um, so basically, parents, you get a choice whether to send your kids to school masked up with their um, sanitation guidelines all day, or you can do um, homeschooling. And they had a, a, a list of rules and uh, a few what I like to call threats. <laughs> And um, my initial reaction was panic. I mean, it, it's um, you know one of the th one of the threats on the school list was that for the older children, I have a sixth grader, a fourth grader, and a first grader. For the older children, this will count towards their GPA. If you choose to homeschool them and you jack it up, then that's on their record. And, you know, they can't, some things they can participate in, some things they cannot, it's just a mess. But at the end of the day, these are my kids and I have to protect them even if the government will not. It pissed me off because how could you be so negligent? Mm -hmm. How could you be so negligent? You know, last spring, it was literally from one day to the next, everybody's home, don't come back here. And they made it work. We've had a few months to get this together and this is what y'all come up with? That's, it pissed me off. I'm, I'm still mad. So I'm, what's, I'm angry. What's the parents' participation in this process? Because these are your children. So you're t it's almost like then you've given your children over to this school system to do with as they will and they give you some ultimatums either or but you have no input is that i mean am, am i reading that right is that the way the process is going basically yes now they all try to sweet talk it and act like you did have some input but no we did not absolutely not they want a uh, sixth grade and up in front of their 
device, which they are offering now uh, for two hours a day and everybody under the sixth grade for one hour a day. So uh, my first grader and my fourth grader to sit still for one hour a day and listen to somebody talk that that's going to be fun. And I mind you, my husband and I both still have to work. So somebody has to sign them in. Somebody has to sign them out. You have to be with them. It's just a It's dumb is what it is. The whole thing is just dumb. So. Wow. So Tyrone, if you put yourself in Jonna's shoes and other parents shoes and these were your children, what do you imagine that your gamut of emotions and thoughts and concepts would be about this scenario? Well, I wouldn't send my kids back to school. Um, and we, we would have to let the chips fall where they may. And we would mm-hmm. we would work it out and do what we had to do. Because at the end of the day, yes, we want to get the kids back in school. We want everyone to be educated. And we want everybody to have those opportunities in life. And we don't want anything like this to affect them, even though it's not their fault at all. But at the end of the day, when, when they come home sick and they're not well, mm-hmm. it's you got to take care of them. Yes. And, Right. I, I would just have to be that parent that's going to say, I'm a, I, I got to bite this bullet. If I got to take care of you till you're 30 years old, because you, you can't write, read and write, that's fine. Uh-huh. But you, you still win. Uh-huh. So, right. It is what it is. I'm not, I, I wouldn't put, I mean, I can't even send my dog out there, and I don't have one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it, it's bad out there now. Everybody yes. getting it. Yes. No, I would, I would send my kids back to school, and they would just have to come and and let's not negate the reality that some children live in multi-generational households so if they get sick if the child gets sick they have the potential of bringing it back and even if they don't get sick if they are a person that that carries it but doesn't become ill themselves then they still have the potential of bringing it back to mom and dad uh or parents they still have the potential of bringing it to grandma or whoever grandpa whoever else might be in that household uh in a multi-generational setting and likely be at a much higher risk what do you all feel about this argument that they're not getting it anyway so there there's no issue here they're they, the kids are not getting it at this point in time to me the voters can get it so every everybody can get it but, i mean that's you at this point in time you can't believe anything they tell you in social right. media on the news that certain people can't get it because you're gonna watch it you're gonna go to sleep and you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be a totally different story Mm-hmm. And what are they going to do about like teachers who are like older, or like you know staff members who are older? Will they be allowed to come back to work? And some already know that. Know... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, and some of them already know that they are uh, compromised. So how do we accommodate them in the school system and in? having to report back and work. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, The Harvey said teachers already carry a heavy load to add the burden of assuring the social distancing guidelines are followed is way too much. And then let's add to that the potential that they themselves are compromised. How do we think they're going to deal with that? Do you think that's even fair to dump on their plate at this point? Well, knowing that they're all already underpaid. (laughs) And, and, And like we just expect that to be okay. Yes, Jonna, go ahead. I'm just, 
you know, I, I go up to the school uh, periodically and, you know, for birthdays or parties or whatever, and I don't see how they function on a plain old Wednesday with no pandemic. I mean, the children are, you you have to have a heart for this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you just do. Um, I can't pull it, but, you know, other people, whatever. And I just, you know, they're so happy to see somebody coming, even if you had a have a tray of cupcakes, just to have somebody else to help for a few minutes. And how they're gonna do this and make sure they're not touching, make sure somebody's not licking the desk. Look, I've seen it. Make sure, you know, kids aren't running around spitting on each other. They've done it. That's what they do. I don't know how they're gonna do it. And protect themselves to keep it keep them from taking something home to their own kids. It's too much. It's too much. So are we devaluing? I'm sorry, did you have something to say, Tyrone? I was, well, I was going to say, but is this not a waste of resources? Mm. And I, I say that because, um, so of course, here we watch tennis, Tim plays. So they're, they're bringing back the U.S. Open this year. Um, but it'll be the U.S. Open with um, no fans. But they're going to um, test the players every morning, every day before they play, to make sure that you know if they have it or not before they can play. Sending kids back to school and you're, they're talking about testing and now they're bringing in all the nurses and this, that, and the other. Is that not a waste of resources when the kids can stay home, you know, and we can provide those resources even with like sports? To me, who do we really need sports? You know, that's a waste of resources where we could be providing those resources to your everyday Jim and Joe who's at home just need to get tested. We're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna spend the money and the time to test players every day so they can play a tournament. And there's people sitting at home who can't get tested. We're gonna spend the time to test make sure the kids and the teachers are good and the same and we wanna make sure everybody's good. But we could spend those that time, that effort, those resources to make sure people who really need the help can get it. If kids were allowed, we don't, there's no, I, I don't understand the push for sending kids back to school. Like, what is that gonna change for anybody? Right. To me, I feel it's, it's a waste of resources. The instances where kids get the virus from what the media says are worse. The Harvey, thank you for that that tidbit of information. Because I was going to ask, do we have really any solid understanding of how the children are impacted? And I'm going to go back to your point, waste of resources. Um, we'll do that for sports, but then what are we going to do with regard to our kids? Is that a waste, a waste of resources, as you said, that is, is our sports that significant? And, it, you know, to hear a lot of Americans plead their case, they need that to take their minds away from the stress and the struggle and the worry. And if they don't have that, they just don't know what they're going to do because they just can't make it. Oh, my God. So they need that to distract themselves for recreation or if they just can't make it. But as you said, we're taking resources to do that on a daily, but what are we sending towards the kids should they get sick? Um, and then let, 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 let's deal with the, the threat uh, that the government is saying. And additionally, if you don't go back fully functional, we're going to defund you and take what resources you do have away. Uh, knowing fully that 
most of the schools that we're talking about are already underfunded. And now you're talking about even taking those funds away if you don't go in, uh, send your children to sit in front of the teacher. Uh, and, 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 and I'm tying that together in somewhat of a roundabout way, but I kind of want to say you'll spend money for testing your athletes every day for your leisure and pleasure but you'll, then you'll turn around and say, we won't give money to fund your school if you don't send these kids back to school. What do you think about that? What message is that? It's plain and clear. Some people count, some people don't. Yeah, we, we have our priorities messed up. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll even interject this, uh, John, as you said, priorities are messed up, Tyrone, for sure. Mm -hmm. Some people count, some people don't. I, and this is where I want our athletes to understand that in many ways, their sense of feeling towards us is no more than what they feel about the bull for the matador. We want that bull in the ring because we want that sport. We want to enjoy the thrill. Now, mind you, I'm not saying, you know, hey, drop the sports or whatever. But I am saying I feel like to some extent all the way across the board, we're talking about the children on today, but all the way across the board, we are going to have to uh, make some sort of stand for all of us, whether we're athlete, I'm not your toy, that the minute that I take a knee, you kick me out the door right. and make me out to be some sort of a criminal and call me thugs and this and that and the other. And the only reason why you're paying for me to get tested right now is because I want you to entertain me. You understand what I'm saying? If it wasn't for the fact that I wanted you to entertain me, you, you wouldn't get a test still. You'd be sitting out there. I don't care how exposed and how high, you know, it's just like all the way across the board. Uh, are we going to test the children every day? And then, you know, even with that, you're, you're, you're telling me who's important. But then we also, in what I'm trying to say here to, to sum it up very shortly and succinctly, what is my importance to you for those of us that are getting some dollars thrown this way? Because at the end of the day, is it still just to entertain you? <laughs> is it just for your, do you genuinely care about me or am I your entertainment and sport? Now, I'm also looking at, so the teacher comes in, the teacher uh, has a student that comes in ill or a coworker that comes in ill. Now, doesn't everybody that comes in contact with that student need to quarantine? So we got 14 days with them out of the room. And I mean, how in the world are we going to manage that? I mean, what are your ideas on the, the potential of uh, yeah, what happens when a teacher gets sick and can't go? What happens then? When teachers get sick, do they have to use their sick leave? Are they changing the attendance standards? Because as you know, quarantine is 14 days. Well, they don't give you that much sick leave on the books. Well, I, I do know there is a app. Um, it's, it's called like first something coronavirus app where if you, if you contract, and a lot of companies, I know my company does, and I was talking to Tim, I know his company does, 
where if you do contract the virus or you have to be quarantined, um, there is an act, and they give the company tax credit for paying you for paying the employee who who has to quarantine or spend time away from work. Um, so there is an action place for people who have to take that time off where it doesn't count against like their sick days or PTO and things like that. Now, how long that act is going to be in place, I don't know. But now, wait, 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 wait. Tyrone, Tyrone, hold that thought because I want to say this and I want you to roll with me here. So my company is getting money to put my life at risk and I go home for 14 days and might not make it. But my my company's getting paid. Don't you see a problem with that, sir? <laughs> but, if, but if you but if you make it, you still got PTO. <laughs> 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 oh, you know <laughs> and you might have scarred lungs, and you may right. have right. and you might have all the other side effects of people that have survived COVID, but they didn't survive whole. They didn't come back whole. So I'm I mean, wait, wait, wait. I, I'm, I'm, cause see, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you where I am. I'm having a problem with the government continuing to pay big businesses money on our heads. Now they talking about the military soldiers have a bounty on their head from Russia, and the government's not doing anything. But at this point, I feel like there's a bounty on my head if my company, hey, they like send 10 more in. Let's get 10 more with the virus because whether they come back or not, we getting paid. Now, I got a problem with that, you all. A tax credit. So, Jana, how do you feel about that, ma'am? Because I'm, I'm, something's going on in my body right now. <laughs> You, I'm gonna have to go old school and say you gotta watch and pray. <laughs> you got to watch and pray, child, because these folks they do not care. Like Michael Jackson said, they don't give a damn about us. They don't give a damn about it. <laughs> Woo! And Tyrone, does that have to be in the contract? Uh, I see Anita Harvey put parents need to check if the virus act is in the t- in the teacher's contract. I mean, that's kind of stuff you need to think about because at the end of the day, so sad, so bad, even if you're saying this exists, but if it does not exist in contract, do they have to live up to it? Yeah. Now, now, that, I, that I don't know. Yeah. Because they, they may not have to live up to it. I know I know it really affects um, impacts like small businesses. So from what I researched, the act really is mainly there for like small businesses where they may have employees that they um you know can't come to work for fourteen days. So I know they get a tax credit. Now large corporations, I don't know, um, but I know my company and I was talking to Tim, his company. Um, we do have like a reserve for the for people it's almost like they're a short-term disability system without them actually having to pay into it and let's not be fooled by the misnomer of small business because when i was with the chamber of commerce uh working with them small business uh with who we were working with we're talking about 500 employees or less so 500 Mm -hmm. employees is still a whole lot of people 
So, you know, I think a lot of times we hear small business and we automatically think of a small mom or pop that maybe has 20 employees or less, maybe 30 to 50. But small business is still 500 or less. And in those instances, some of those five, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, do I even want to say his name on this show? But Kanye and whatever his shirt company is with a a, a supposed, I want to say 500 employees, I think they were saying, got five million dollars or some crazy amount like that so you know and and so uh i'm just looking and i'm saying you got a lot of quote unquote small businesses that are billion and million you know million and billion dollar companies and they're still siphoning off funds and getting these Mm -hmm. credits and don't think that small businesses and as a matter of fact can i go one step further i think the travesty is that some of the mom and pop 50 25 and below companies by the time they get in line to get this money for different things they're not getting it So I think uh, that's something that we have to really, really be cautious about the double talk, because it it, it, when they tell it to sell it, they make it sound so good and they make it sound like it's going to the mom and pop small business. But bear in mind, 500 and less can qualify for that small business. And so a lot of times by the time they've siphoned it off, even though they're million and billion dollar companies, they're the ones that's getting that funding and those really small businesses, truly small businesses are not getting that funding. So I don't want us to get sucked in by that game because listen, a lot of it's semantics and the way they present it, the way they sell it, what they talk about and the terminology that you use, but you gotta have the fuller picture of what does that terminology consist of. If I'm talking about small business, please understand, you know, in my mind, 500 people working for somebody is a big business, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not by the standards of small business. It's not. So, you know, let's let's be real on that. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that particular point in. What happens? um, We're talking about how will social distancing work in classrooms with more than 10 students? How will how will social distancing work in classrooms with students of more than 10? How do you envision that working? I, I, I think I think there could be an alternating day. Just like in corporate America, some people, depending on the company, you, know, you may like share a cubicle. Um, I think there should be like, you know, a Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday type situation for right now. So they, the class sizes are much smaller um, because it's going to be hard to social distance in a classroom, especially when we look at the classroom, especially in our communities. I mean, they're not that big. Um, they're already, you know, overpopulated. But I feel there should, should be some type of um, like alternating schedule to provide as much social distance as you can for kids, if, for the kids that decide to go back to school. Um, but, but but Tyrone, aren't the classrooms overpopulated because they're not enough teachers? So their classroom size is larger? Yes. So how um, do you accommodate for that? Just don't send them back to school. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and you know, I think that's what they're counting on because in our school district, they one of the rules, if they if they get more than 70% of the student population back, then they're gonna do just what Tyrone said, start an alternating schedule of some sort. So they're counting on a bunch of the parents keeping their kids home because there is no way to social distance. I mean, the classrooms are tight as it is. Our school has, I've never seen more than 19, maybe 21 kids in one class. So that's kind of small compared to some of the other uh, elementaries that I know of, there's no way they can sit them six feet apart with that class size. So I think they're counting on a lot of parents not sending their kids back. And at least speak, here. Yeah. Speaking to that distancing issue, Latanya brings up the point. If a teacher has 10 students, students in the lower grades and they take their class to the restroom and they only use three feet, not the six feet, some are talking about, you have a 30 foot line of little kids, small little kids, lower grade little kids, 30 foot line of kids in the hallway. What kind of nightmare shall that be? Forget the hallway, the bathroom. Have you ever monitored the bathroom at an elementary? It's disgusting. Oh my God. It, it's it's going to be covered in COVID or something. <laughs> So, it, mm -mm. Um, this, this whole conversation brings up so many topics of why the kids should not be going back to school because there's so many instances of what will we do in this situation what's the plan for this situation like you say if a, if a, if a teacher has a kid who's impacted so then that whole class has to quarantine Right. And if they took the school bus, the school bus has to be quarantined. Right. If they went to lunch or breakfast, now every kid that was in the cafeteria has to be quarantined. Now those parents are impacted. I mean, it's, it's a triple effect of this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And we see it every day that these cases are, are increasing. So why are we focused on getting kids back to school and we have no answer for these situations? You're looking at kids going back to school day one. I give, I give them a week. The kids in school yeah. it's almost back. like it's set up to collapse because right. I'm telling you, every like, year, my when we could be trying to build a bridge or something. Mm -hmm. You know, go ahead, John. I'll let you finish there, your thought as well. I'm just saying, every year, my kids bring two things home from school: the flu and that stomach. What is it? Norovirus. They bring it every year. All three of them are sick and maybe one or two of the adults in the house. And what's going to be the difference here? I mean, they bring it home. I can count. Somebody's going to be down during Christmas break because they bring it every year. <laughs> I, I know I know. our engineer just read that last comment yes. and got tickled. <laughs> I, I knew what that was. I knew what that was. Uh, if you all look down on the screen, Miss Anita Harvey, we'll let we'll let her we'll let it sit over there on the side. But she's <laughs> she's the cracks. <laughs> she is the cracks. Well, you know, I think that at the end of the day, uh, I'm looking and I'm saying, okay, this is my heartfelt sentiment. They know that this is going to happen. So when you talk about setup for failure, Johnna. Jana, I almost feel like that's the intention as well. 
And then what's the intention behind that? I don't know. So they can say, we we told you, if you don't open all the way back up, we're not going to send you funding, cut off your money. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what, my sense of feeling, particularly with this particular administration, it's all about money. If any kind of way we can, you know, corral some money and take it away from you and put it in some other place that we want to put it, namely some of our pockets, then, you know, who cares? You know, fooey on you guys. So at the end of the day, if we know that it's going to collapse up front, because how in the world otherwise, just given, again, the scenario, teacher comes in with it, student comes in with it whole entire classroom quarantine, every place they've gone, quarantine, anybody they've had contact, quarantine, da, 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 quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. Doesn't it sound like they don't want this to work? In all honesty. I, I feel this whole decision is, is feeding to the base of this administration, where, because most of the people who sit out there and they argue with you about wearing a mask, I almost mm -hmm. had a second turn today in Lowe's, <laughs> but you have to they, they argue about wearing a mask. They're part of this administration's base. And this is one of those, another situation where to them, the situation, you know, COVID is, is, is not as bad as we make it out to be. You know, kids will be okay. So we're enforcing this whole thing. There's, there's, I think we burned down the soap. <laughs> I, I said it. Fight me. You oh, know, I, 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 my, you're not going to kill our kids. Right. You're not going to sicken our kids. You're not going to put our children at risk. What is the remedy and what is the way around this? Because it almost feels like I hear you saying it's it's catering and, and pandering to a base. But mm -hmm. that base is putting everybody else's life at risk. So what is our way to come around this? Uh, because, uh, yes, uh, Miss Harvey's got down there. This is set up for low income people because they will definitely be impacted. And we will definitely be uh, the number that they're carrying out, uh, sick mm -hmm. and or dead. Uh, you know, so what is the workaround? I mean, if, if we're saying we're not going, we're not going to send our children back. At the same time, I have to have feelings of compassion for someone like Jana, and not the same. She's she's wanting my compassion, but I'm giving it to her because you've been at home with these babies since March, and now you're saying <laughs> we. Wait a minute now, <laughs> and now we're saying. I mean, not that we don't love our kids, you know, none of right. that, but you're talking about at this point, these individuals, which tend to be not always, but tend to be moms in the home, they get absolutely positively no respite, none, none. And as she very aptly brought up, she and her husband both still have to work full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. So then my question is, 
what is our workaround? Because some way, somehow, if we're not going to send them back to school because Tyrone's burnt them up, if we're not going to send them back to school, terroristic threats, this isn't a terroristic threat for, for anybody that's getting ready to shut us down. <laughs> At all. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> we just doing some landscaping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... I, I, I'm really trying to understand for our parents that are in this dilemma, do some of us that are retired, just like they're calling the nursing and the medical staff out of retirement by force because they have a license, do some of us start coming to the rescue that have retired to help some of these uh, parents? And even for, I can understand in lower grades, parents may be comfortable tutoring and teaching their child at home. But when you get to high school level and your child was in AP classes and stuff like that, does that mean the parents are really adequately prepared to teach those types of subjects to their their children? Uh, and again, these grades, as Jonna so aptly pointed out, is going on their transcript. What is the answer here? Because life is moving on, mandates are being set in place, but what is our workaround? I think it would be great when you, when you look at supporting your own community, when we look at the Black Panthers before the government got into it, um, and how they supported their community. And, you know, they provided breakfast for the, for the kids and provided support and protection for their community. I think it would be amazing for people who have retired, people who have that experience, to, um, to teach and educate kids to come together and find something within the community to um, to make happen. And, you know, because you can't put it on the parents. Um, yes, they, they made the choice to lay down and spread it wide. But, you know, you can't put that on the parent Because, again, a parent has they, they have to take care of household and they have to work and things of that nature. But I, they also have to be, a, they, they also have to, you know, speak to, you know, really enforce it with the, your school board. You know, get in there and be at those school board meetings and really voice your opinion. They got Joe Clark up out of there on Lean On Me. We can do the same. So, you know, you really have to. But Tyrone, taking uh, Jonna's, I, I, we had a delayed reaction to your statement there, but it was a good one. So <laughs> we <laughs> we have John and them take case in point. They had no input. There was no school board meeting held. There wasn't. All of this is done back doors behind the scenes, and we come out with the ultimatum. Bam, lay it on you. There it is, and you got to give us an answer back in a certain number of days. Mm -hmm. You don't even get time to think about I, it. I will say they sent a maybe six or eight question survey right at the beginning of the summer. If we do this, will you send your kid to school or will you keep them home? And that was the, the answers on you pick one. But that I mean, there was no community meeting. There was no Zoom meeting where we can all log in and voice our concerns. And there's still, you know, my oldest kid is in advanced classes. I don't know how that's going to work for her if she's gonna stay home, which she is. But, you know, there's still so much that's not been answered. And I think we have, what is today? The 12th, we have five more days. 
um, before they want a signature on what you're going to do. And you have to commit to that for a whole semester. Okay. So you can't who, change who, who your mind. We can, I'm we sorry? Can have some Who's the school board president? Because we can have them canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel culture on the move. And, and, and you know, at the reality of that, when are they holding meetings? Where are they holding meetings? We're still right. shuttering right. in. So we don't have the ability to go in and sit in those meetings. So, I mean, like, and this is where I'm saying to a lot of our responses, we've also got to think outside of the box because things that we could do in our day, you can't do that in COVID-19. So how are you going to access these people? How are you going to have these conversations? You don't even know when, where, and how they're making all these decisions. You are completely left out of the loop and they ain't going to give you his home number, Tyrone, whatever his name is. He's not going to give you his home number or address for you to cancel him. So I got connected. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, Sheila said, if I had school age children, I would consider sitting out one year and using the community model Tyrone spoke of. Uh, and and I don't know, uh, I, you know, parents unite within the school districts. Uh, those those are those are all good ideas. If you got parents that are still working, though, you know, some way, somehow, we've got to take that into consideration, too, because even if they, number one, they got the kids at home all day, they're working all day, when are they going to unite with the rest of the school parents? And I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying we keep putting more and more and more and more on these poor parents, and I'm like, at what point are the parents going to break because they can only do so much? What are we saying about their value? Even to the point I said this, you know, we pay teachers to teach, but our parents are volunteering. Mm -hmm. There's no money being paid to them for this. They didn't go to school for this. They didn't sign up for this. That you, you know, as Tyrone said, they had the pleasure, but at the end of the day, they were not anticipating that they were going to be all things to their children when they came here in this world. Typically, a child goes to school and gets their learning and education and they do the parenting and whatever they can do to assist the school in the education of their child but they didn't expect to be all things and hold down a a, 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 a full-time job and maybe some extra jobs on the side because you got all these things going on with covid right now i mean it's really dicey and now i got to figure out how can i meet with the other parents in in, in my students class and others uh, in the school district so we can figure out an, an alternative. Oh my God, what are we really asking here? My, my thing is, and nothing, nothing is a plan, but I mean, in this day and time, I feel that the parents have to come together to, to, to make a change. Because think about it, most of the teachers are parents as well. So they're, they're dealing with the same situation. So, you know, they didn't have kids and think that they would be teaching their own kids and then have the responsibility of teaching someone else's kids. It's everybody has to come together. And it may be hard, but I feel that's the role of anyone who cares about somebody. We got to, you know, we, we work our jobs, we work hard all day, and then we have to come home and I still got to put in those extra hours to figure out how can we make this right for our next generation. We can't we can't put responsibility on someone else due to their title. You know, mm -hmm. in, in this day and time, we all have to come together, whether it's the parents and the teachers 
and come together because the government is not going to make decisions for us because they're not they're not connected the way we are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. our kids can fail and they still hold their office. They still get their salary. Our, our kids aren't impacting them. So we I have agree. to come together as a community. And we have to have, even like I said, people who've retired, people who have a passion for teaching, people who tutor, we all have to come together and say, and figure something out where within our individual communities, we're going to make sure these kids succeed. It is not, like you said, the parents didn't have kids thinking they were going to have to teach. But that's what's been laid on them right now. So as a, as a community, we have to gather around our parents and provide our resources that we have. That's the only way right now, unless you want to send your kid to school and, and sending them to school, it's, it's not going to be functional. 90% of their day is going to be protection. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to be with a face mask on. The teacher's not going to be able to hit on with a face mask on. We're going to be so worried about light falling and disinfecting your hands and social distancing and don't get close to that person. That's going to be the, the bulk of their day. That's what they're going to learn all day. So we as a community have to come together and figure out something where we can give our resources to our, to our kids. That's the yeah. only way they're going to do that for Yeah. Uh, Anita said, find out who's in charge and band together and show up at the school board office. And I agree with you, Tyrone. And I think that's really what I was trying to push for is that I think, and, and, and Jonna can, can echo in here behind me here. I think, and, and thank you, Anita, because I agree. Some way, the community, it takes a village to raise a child. And that used to be, as they said, an old African proverb, but it needs to be fully functional and enacted here. It takes a village to raise the child because really, you know, I think and particularly for younger parents who really are almost clueless, they are past overwhelmed. So, you know, when you throw all of that together and they're trying to do the best that they can uh, and in the midst of COVID-19, because every day you're waking up praying to God that you and your family uh, makes it through the day without somebody contracting it uh, with uh, all kinds of, of, of high levels of risk if you're in the particularly low income, high risk areas. So all of that pressure, and I still got to go to work, we got to provide some kind of support, or I, I think it's just too much. I think it's too much to ask. And uh, Jonna, with that, you know, your personal experience, are there times that you feel like the parents have been cast aside and you guys are overwhelmed? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. The um, I don't think the decisions take the parents in at all, to, to be honest. Um, I have the luxury, if you will, of being in a two-parent home. That is not the case for a lot of, of people that Dwayne and we have a few friends in the school district, same school district, as, and, and most of them are single mothers. So, and none of them are sending their kids. So the, the, Think, what, what are they going to do? They have to work during the day to provide for the kid, and you still are responsible for their distance learning, as they call it. So, um, and it's stressful. I mean, that I cannot begin to tell you the amount of tears that flow the day 
that that uh, announcement dropped as to what in the hell are we going to do um, because it's just not feasible to try to do all of that. It's just not. And uh, I mean, for me personally, I can kind of move some things at the end of the day. If I can't go to work, then I just can't go. But not everybody has that Mm -hmm. option. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it, you also have just, to ask yourself, what would be the best solution in this time? Um, because yes, it's, it's Tyrone, I, I, um, I think, I think, are you, I think your is your batteries going? Are your batteries going dead? I think so. Somebody's. There we go. Can That's right. Me? Yes, get get that beautiful face in that picture. Get okay. it in. Get it in. I won't buy those again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I was saying. I mean, what would be the ideal situation for a parent in this day and time? Um, it is taxing on the parents. The parents still have to work. Um, and they're being put in a situation where they're having to, you know, provide the educational resources for their kids. But is there is there an easy, I mean, what would be the solution for that parent? I mean, because the teachers are parents too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you, you can't have teachers come into your home and teach your kids um, with social distancing. So is there, isn't that taxing on everyone? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, one thing that's kind of come into light is you have, as a parent, you kind of have to be prepared for anything. And now, uh, you know, we've had the luxury of not, you know, school has been constant as long as I've been alive. Um, I know that wasn't the case, you know, years and years back, but now we have to look at the fact that at the end of the day, these are my kids and I'm responsible for their well-being. And one thing I will say, you know, we're talking a lot about the parents and, you know, it's terrible, but we're, we're all adults. And like Tyrone said, we knew when we were getting down that uh, <laughs> at some point <laughs> it, it may not feel as good as it did then. Amen. You know, it is what it is. But the kids, my, I don't, I haven't even told my children that they're not going back to school yet because they're going to be devastated. And that is going to be a huge uh, disappointment and heartbreak for them. I mean, these kids, their school is a that's where they get their socializing at. That's where they get all their fresh air and they run and play and talk smack with the other kids. And they will not get that for another at least five months. And that is, uh, that's going to be quite an adjustment. Not no necessarily an adjustment because they've already been home, but they're looking forward to going back. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of thought we would be over the hump. Mm 
mm-hmm. by the school year, and we're not. We're worse than we were. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my sixth grader is so excited about transitioning from elementary to sixth grade, and she will not get any of that. And I don't know. And you know, COVID is not going to kill her, but this might. <laughs> so, because she's she's going to be devastated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I'm looking at, uh, as Anita said, they're already pushing students through. Waiting a year may be beneficial. Uh, that That's a good thought to think about. And then uh, flash that next one for me, engineer. Uh, Sheila said, I'm willing to tutor in special subjects, which I have knowledge. And I've also, uh, uh, John and I had that conversation on yesterday that I was more than happy to come in and roll around uh, almost like a traveling school teacher and share whatever I could in the way of expertise uh, and, and teaching skill to give a break. And I think it's going to take that, as Anita said earlier, we need to band together and in the community because all of the children are ours collectively. I don't feel like it's a, those are your kids. You had the pleasure. It's on you. The, and, and I personally, I take every last one of those babies. All three of Jonna's kids are like my kids to me. You know, if she needs to ride, I'm going to be riding shotgun. You know, so it's just one of those scenarios where we have to take that responsibility. And I want to ask this, and, and, and maybe more rhetorically than literal, but, but I really do want to know in, in a, a real sense of the way. So, uh, I see Brother Damon Blissett. He said in Olathe, all they got was a survey. I missed that earlier on. So I'm wondering with these scenarios, when and, and I'm 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 kind of coming up with a hybrid concept based on uh what Sheila and Anita have probably said. Latanya, the Zoom tutoring, I think they've already started that to I'm some extent. To like uh but at the end of the day, this is my question. Maybe what would be the scenario if, and, and this is just some brainstorming here, and again, just throwing it out, what would be the scenario if we took our kids out for a year of the school system, but set up a community network of teachers and concerned friends that would come in and help literally teach those students to take the pressure off of the parents and then let them go back at the end of the school year and test to see if they're able to go ahead and pass to the ninth to the to the next grade i think that would be great i mean i i feel a collective effort between parents um people with the experience and the teachers would would really shake things up and and show the the school board and the political officials that you know we you know we got to take things in our own hands mm-hmm. at the end of the day at the end of the day y'all i mean your decision does not care about me mm-hmm. you would you would rather see me bury my child so you can open this economy right than mm-hmm. me making sure my child is successful safe and on the right track and in actuality, our students may actually 
place higher and better than if they actually went through the school system. And Latanya, yes, community networking, Anita. And Latanya, I misread yours. She said, I can probably do some Zoom tutoring. I misread that. So she's making her skills available as well. So this is the kind of thing that I'm saying. Maybe this conversation that we're having tonight can incite people. Because earlier on, I was like, when you know, I was getting a little heated when I was like, listen, they're kind of acting like you can't, you can't hear me, Tyrone. Can you hear me? I think I may have lost, but I know earlier on, uh, if we are not cared for by our government, then we've got to come up with another option because we care about ourselves and we care about our children. And we're not just going to lay down and, and go out like that. You're not just going to sell us that bill of goods. So maybe people that are hearing this conversation, I started to say, we're marching for this and we're marching for that. Maybe we need to march for the parents and the children that we're not going back to school, you know, but maybe an even better alternative is what we've kind of come up with amongst the conversations of the parents uniting. And those of us, that have skills like i told jonna on yesterday i taught sat and act and psat in uh, high school and junior high school so maybe i want to take those skills of uh bringing that to the kids and coming through and teaching that even if it's on a zoom situation if all of us coming into each other's homes is not practical as well as cost savings. You're not burning gas. And I know the kids are getting tired of being in front of Zoom because we're getting tired of being in front of Zoom. But the, the lesser of two evils, if we pulled our kids out, and this would probably require some, some homework, but if we pulled our kids out, tutored them and taught them ourselves, and then asked, may we take the exam to see where they're going to be placed? and uh, turn our babies loose and, uh, you know, maybe that's an advancement because let's be real. A lot of the schools when they were segregated and, and I'm not, I'm not pushing segregation. That's not what I'm saying here, but I'm, I'm just using this as an example. When they were segregated, the teachers were better quality and they were very, very uh, pro children and pro education. And the kids actually got a better education uh, in those societies. Granted, they may not have had the money and everything else, but at the end of the day, uh, the education far exceeded what they got in public school system under regular. So maybe pulling the kids out for a year, uh, Anita Harvey said, at least they will be alive. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, pull them know. out and, and they may even be better educated. They may even be better educated. Uh, you know, I, I do know that there are a lot of, uh, I think, other people like myself, like Sheila, who's offered her her uh, expertise, Latanya and others. Maybe we should start some sort of a community network for teaching to offer as an alternative to our kids so our kids don't have to go and be subjected to COVID-19 in an environment that they already know, in my opinion, is going to collapse before they even start it. What do you all think about that? Well, honestly, I got a big lump in my throat because just knowing I'm not I am not going to start crying on on this. But just knowing don't that there's people out there. Well, you know, don't don't tip me because <laughs> I will cry now. <laughs> but <laughs> knowing that there's people out there, if I need you, I can that takes 
a lot of the anxiety about it way down. So I think that is, um, we just, if everybody could offer whatever you have, and that could be nothing but a 15 minute online game just so somebody's mama can go in the bathroom and scream for a few minutes. That would be, you know, a help if everybody band together, like you said, and offer what you have. That is because I'm telling you, it is scary to think to ha- if you're not a teacher, which I am not, and and to have people supporting you like that is you can't you can't put a price on that. And to keep the kids safe and to know that they'll be okay is you just thank you. That's all I'll say right there. I'm gonna I'm try to swaddle this lump real quick. Thank you, Sheila, Regina, and Anita and Latanya, because that's that's just beautiful. Is what it is. And if if they need PE, I will teach a good old dance class. <laughs> well, listen, I, my little one. Come on, I'll come to the class too. <laughs> Me too. My little one will be up for that because she is a, a boogie fever. She will be up for that. And, and Tyrone is a professional dancer. Right. It's, it's a, I mean, we're talking oh, about, yes. right. we're talking I about about that. Yes, yes. He is a professional dancer. So that's that's legit. Right. That is legit. Wait a minute, Tyrone. We might need to talk. You might need to offer a little <laughs> online dance for us. Right. <laughs> And do a I little might, piece I of might. charging for it. I will pay. Well, you, you know, my, my my gift was a blessing from God, so I don't charge. But I always take a donation. Yeah, well, yeah. Because the light still, the light still got to be paid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Latanya says she's already got online games for you too. Look at God. Come on, Latanya. Come Look on and bless God. me, indeed. Brenda said she's working every day with kids in the school setting. And so far, so good. Awesome for you, sis. Awesome for you. Um, with that uh, being said, um, Brenda, uh, Rashida, can you send her a link? And, and I, I'd be interested to hear some more conversation about that briefly. Uh, but yeah, I, I am I am interested to know how that's going. But this is the one thing I will say. I feel that Yes, you and those of you that have participated and shared so beautifully, I do feel like there is a possibility uh, and an option that's viable. Now, Jonna, how would you feel about the idea of the kids sitting out for a year? Would you want to do the assistance receiving that from um, the people with the current curriculum? Or would you want your children to have a whole different uh, curriculum that meets the requirements for the year? And that being said, let me ask this. Let me let me digress here momentarily. Do you know what the requirements are for your kids to pass this year since it's going on their transcript? Do you know what that is? No, I don't know yet. Um, now, I have a little bit of experience with this school district, so I can kind of you know, piece it together. I have looked at some online um, um, school programs where you can, they go K through 12. But in order to um, participate in those, the school district has to approve it. So it's not like you can just snatch your kid out and enroll them online and that's that. The school district has to approve that. 
and um, that that's an obstacle there. Um, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to keep them safe. If they have to sit, sit out a year, then you just out a year. You know, I'll buy a few extra bottles of wine and call every last person who said they would help. <laughs> Don't give me your number. I already got yours, Sheila. I already got yours, Anita. Latanya, I'm coming for me. I'm coming for you. So I got yours too, Tyro. <laughs> I will be calling y'all drunk crying in the middle of the night, but... <laughs> <laughs> whatever we have to do to keep these children safe and to keep myself, my husband, and my mother out of the ICU, then that's what we will have to do. Got you. Got you. Got you. Uh, engineer is supervisor. Is Brenda going to be able to join us or no? Um, I sent it to her, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Brother Blitzen said, not the wine. <laughs> <laughs> the wine, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and depending on how it goes, it might be something a little stronger because I don't want a fruity cup or something. I might need a glass of brown whiskey before it's all over with. If you're going to take in the calories, go all the way out. Okay. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. That is funny. Well, uh, what else would you all like to share? And I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to try to get Brenda in here. She is an educator uh, in the school system. And so I'm going to try to see if I can get her in very quickly to, to give us some comments about she's already doing what we're talking about. And so I, I want to hear, I'm interested to hear uh, what it is that, that she has to say. Uh, Rashida, I went ahead and sent her another link, but okay. uh, what at, at, at the end of the day, and we'll get ready to wrap up here. What is your takeaway about this whole scenario? I'll start with Tyrone. Uh, my takeaway is there's so many what ifs with sending kids back to school. Um, it doesn't need to happen right now. Um, we need to really see how the cases increase, what the what the process is um, to really get these case, the numbers down. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really understand the big push for getting kids to go back to school. Um, it's, it's not changing anything. Because um, if we send kids back to school, one kid gets infected, 20 families are impacted and we're back in the same situation we were in. So I, I don't really don't understand that push, but I, I do feel, um, you know, I'm, I'm all about a black Panther movement because I love I love a black beret, but I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I like a black beret too though. So. Right, right, right. You know, but I, I really feel as a community, we need to, and even if it, even if it starts small, a, you know, a small group of people as a community, we, we have to come together and make a change. You know, we can no longer sit around and wait for other people to make decisions for us because they're not living our lives. You know, they don't know what it is for them to be able to be sick at night and I still got to get up for work in the morning. Or that child is disappointed because, you know, life is, is not going and things haven't worked out that way. So I feel as a community, we have to make our own decisions and let government be what it is. And they'll they'll, they'll come around or we'll do what? Cancel them. And I'll have that t-shirt next week. So <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that's my canceling baby. Right. Wait a minute. And Jana, uh, John, before I get to you, I just want you to know that Damon is down here pleading the blood. <laughs> well, you know, all things work together. Amen. You can get all that in. I get it all in. Get it all in. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Gina here. I got you. I got you, sis. Uh, I um my takeaway. I miss to encourage the parents. Listen, uh, it, it's it's okay if you fell out on the floor and cried about this because I certainly did. Um, at the end of the day, you have to do what you have to do, and you know, reach out if you need help. Ask for it. That's what I did. I had a whole. I called. Well, it was you, Regina just so I could talk it out and get ready for this. It's not a small feat. And, you know, you have to do what you have to do for your family and you have to be okay with it. And that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, joining us, I've got Dr. Brenda Munson, who is an educator extraordinaire. She served as an administrator and principal for several, several years. She's one of those retired uh, that we kind of talked about earlier, but I saw in her chat that she is back in the school and working with kids every day. So as we close out today, Brenda, I just wanted to get a feel since you're in that school setting and so far so good tell me what you all have going on please how's it working well well basically we have the kids from five to five years old to eighth grade and what we do you know we we um do the temperature every day parents can't go any further than just dropping the kids off no one else can come to the classroom but the teachers and the students we have anywhere from 10 students to 15, but we have two teachers in the classroom. So, so far, we haven't had any problem, anyone getting sick. Um, I teach the little bitty ones. That's a little bit out of my league, however, but it's, it's going well. So to answer some of the questions that we had posed earlier, I don't know where you came in the, uh, the setting at, but so if one of the teachers was to become ill or one of the children was to test positive, how would you in this scenario deal with quarantine? How does that well, work? It would be just like in your house. Uh, you would take that person out and then you would have to kind of like test all the other people as well and everybody who was involved with the parent with the, well, I mean, with the student or the teachers they would all have to be tested and with that being said the person who tested positive like any other job you just have to go home for the 14 days be quarantined and so far but so far we haven't had any problem whatsoever but what about the contact? I, my understanding was if you had a child come in that tested positive, when we start looking at the contact issue, everybody that they've had contact, my understanding was that anybody that had been in contact with that child also had to be quarantined. Is that incorrect? Well, I, I, I don't, yes and no, but since we haven't had that problem at all. Okay. No one had been sick. None of the children have been sick not any of the teachers. So we have roughly, it's a summer program, and we have roughly 120 students. And then plus the infant toddlers that's at the, at the center as well. But 
Believe me, the place is spick and span clean. I think they clean every 30 minutes. They mop every 30 minutes. They wipe down every 30 minutes. So there, there is no room for error and there have been no, no child has been reported ill or no one has tested positive or anything of that nature. Go ahead, Jonna. Dr. Munson, how are the children interacting with each other? Do y'all have to keep them apart? How are they responding to that? Well, you know, that's kind of hard, hard to mm. do with five-year-olds. Mm. Now, <clears throat> they wear their mask like we have on our mask every day. They wear theirs. We have our gloves on and all that. However, I guarantee you about one hour, every kid in the room, they pull that mask on. <laughs> Yeah. And, and they playing with it like it's a slingshot. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and, and Miss Brenda, can I can I put my mask in my cubby? Blah blah. Yes, honey. Go on in. You know, I'm sorry. I hug them. I do everything. Nobody's gotten sick. Ain't nothing wrong with those kids. They they're resilient. Really believe me. <clears throat> but again, like I said, uh, I'm at the manual, uh, that new center right there on on Prospect. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it is. Immaculate, Ms. Mann makes sure that everything is clean. Uh, we have gloves to do everything with. Every child is put, and, and we have bathrooms in the room, so no one has to go outside to a restroom. But we don't have to carry the whole group to a restroom because we have our own individual restroom within the classroom. It is amazing, beautiful building, okay. brand new. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you envision that for less um, quality facilities that some of the low income areas are going to have that don't have the amenities and the luxuries that you're experiencing there at that brand new facility? Well, let me let me say this too. She has the old building as well still up and running with the older kids. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that has been no problem there either. But I'm saying... And the older building is old. No, no, no. I'm saying in community. I'm not talking about this particular situation. I'm saying in, the, in, in other areas of the communities where we're sending children back to those classrooms that are well, not as... Mm-hmm, go ahead. It's my understanding, though, that they are really getting those classrooms up to speed cleaning them, sterilizing them, doing everything they can to uh, make sure that everything is is well with the building. However, there are parents who are losing their mind with five kids at home, you know? So some parents want their kids to go back to school. Uh, Mm -hmm. They probably pay us to come and get them and take them to school. (laughs) (laughs) However, and, and, and I don't think there are pros and cons for me. I think children don't need to stay out for, for a year. Um, and if unless they got a place for homeschooling. Like I do homebound as well. I go to homes and teach kids. But again, I just, I just don't think a whole year, another whole year out will be sufficient. Okay. Um, and the children themselves are ready to go back to school. They're tired of being at home. They they really don't like uh, Zoom and that kind of teaching. And half of them don't even get on the TV on Zoom to, to get their lessons and stuff. 
So they still losing out either mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of kids. They have all, uh, what the other one, not just Zoom. It's another one that they do. And and it's still on online. But they the kids don't even come online, Regina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the parents are right there in the house. They don't make the kids come online. Got you. Got you. Now, a parent like this other young lady who really would work with in, with the instructor and let us teach your children online, yeah, that'll virtually, that will work. But what about those parents who sleep to 12 o'clock and the class is over by the time they wake up? Mm -hmm. That's true. So if they're going to do... If, if, you're, the if you're a parent that sleeps at 12 o'clock, we got some other issues. <laughs> well, there are parents who do that, sir. And they do it every day. Even if it wasn't quarantine, mm -hmm. there are parents who bring their kids to school at 11 o'clock. <laughs> okay? And then want you to feed them breakfast. Come on. <laughs> so I think this is this is Dr. That, that, Munch, chapter one, verse 13. I just think they need to go back to school and, and just be very, very cautious. Have everything in line like they're doing with the people who are going back to work. You know, but see, kids don't like being boxed in. They don't like being locked in. And and, and it's hard. And their attention span is so short, especially little bitty kids, that they're not going to watch the Zoom for, for 10 minutes anyway. And then they're going to start running around. And so you feel, in all honesty, that their resiliency as children, which is basically what we're hearing from the, the higher up, the resilience from them being children will protect them, uh, and I use that word very cautiously, but uh, from uh, the, the perils of, of what we have concerns in, in sending the children back to school. I do. Okay. I do. because I, Mainly because, like I said, sometimes I have 10 kids, sometimes I have 15 kids, okay? And they touch each other. They don't move away from each other. They hug and touch me. But the thing about it is, I think they're safe. That's just Brenda. You know, I'm not saying every place, but if they do what they're supposed to do in order to get everything up and running, do that little social distance for the bigger kids, the six feet or whatever, set up the classroom in a bigger space where you know you could teach in a multi-purpose setting instead of in a small classroom, then I think that that would be sufficient. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about Dr. Munson's observations, Jonna? Does that make you feel better or give you more to think about? What? Thank you, Dr. Munson, for coming on. I appreciate you. I want. I yeah. saw you and I saw your comments, and, I, and so since you were actually in the setting and experiencing it right now, I wanted to uh, ask you to come on and, and share your opinion and thoughts. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. I really. You're so welcome. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, Jonna, how does that make you feel? Well, I'm glad that it seems to be working out um, that 10 to 15 students, that's a small, a, a very small class size and 120 students total. Um, we're in my case, we're talking about five times that at the elementary school. Um, of course, the more people, the higher the risk. Um, I'm glad it's working out. Uh, my kids are, will still not attend this fall, but I'm glad that it's working out you know, at the school that she's at. And that's some very good points. I mean, you know, if it, if she's not 
if they've not had a problem there, that's wonderful. And the kids still uh, get to go out. And then there is that child whose parent is, you know, some kids don't eat unless they're at school. Some kids don't get that um, people that who are aware of what's going on with them unless they're at school. Uh, that works out. Uh, it's it's still too much of a risk for me in my community. They are people will not. They are adamant about their mask being a political issue. They are not going to wear them. Blah 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 blah. And so that's going you know to their children, and they'll all be up at the school. So. If it's working, wonderful. Um, we'll we'll look at it in sure. January, sure. but nothing for August. Sure. Dr. Munson is back. Yes, ma'am. I saw you pop back in. Did you have something else to say, dear? No, no. It just kicked me out and I just oh, okay. came back. Okay. No worries. No worries. Tyrone, do you have anything? And then we'll close with Dr. Munson. Uh, you know, I, I still have to say I have my concerns. I have my, my I almost want to say grave concerns about uh, some of the dynamics, particularly in schools that are not well maintained and uh, in areas where children are high risk. But uh I appreciate Dr. Munson's input. Tyrone, anything you want to say? And then Dr. Munson, you can close us out. Well, no, I was just going to say, um, like Jonna said, you know, glad that everything is going well at Dr. Munson's organization. Um, it is a, a smaller, more controlled environment. So that, that probably mm -hmm. plays a factor as well. Um, there's more, you know, probably more communication with the family. But when we're talking, when we're speaking on kids going back to school, um, that's a totally different environment because you're dealing with, you know, thousands of kids from all different works of walks of life. Um, and I, I feel we're all re resilient until we catch it. So the same way, the same way that the, I'm going to go out to the bar and have a good old time. I'm not worried about it till I get it. And then once I get it, then I'm laid out wishing I should have stayed at home. Yeah. Um, so for me, I just feel kids should probably stay at home until we have more control over what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Munson, and we'll close with you. And, and it's good to have differing opinions and different viewpoints so that you're giving some good points so people can see from both sides. And yes, ma'am, what would you like to say? Well, again, I, you know, still say it's different in every place, but I, I do believe if they got everything in order, Got everything clean and, and checked like <clears throat> like we're doing every morning before you step in there to take your temperature, do that whole thing. No parents can go upstairs, downstairs, or in the building. Just drop your kids off and keep on rolling. Mm -hmm. So all you know, so we just deal directly with the children, no other adults but the ones that work there. So I understand everybody's concerned, and you know, to each his own. But I'm just saying from my perspective i i see that is working for us excellent excellent well there you have it and we want to appreciate you for joining us on today on this edition of yes you we're talking about the babies and we're talking about going back to school reopening our schools in the midst of covid19 and so i think you've got enough meat to chew on parents from both sides from one parent that's saying uh definitely stay at home from an administrator in the setting uh, who's saying she's already in the system and it's working well 
You decide. Uh, and so I just want you to think about it. And thank you for joining in this edition of Yes, You.